0: The loudest, the biggest, the brashest. New York is its own character in every play. The bad thing about New York is the pressure. You're always under pressure. Here are the stories about those plays. It's New York Accent with Damon Amendola.
1: As I've gotten older and I have a son now of my own, I, it's so amazing to be able to be so close to family and friends. You know, you can't put a price on that. And, and having all my family and friends be able to come to so many games over the years, And and it'd be hard to leave, I'll tell you that. It'd be really hard to leave. You know, I I would miss the pizza, that's for sure. Hard to get more New York than
0: Ryan Mara. Grew up in Yonkers, played high school soccer at Fordham Prep, played collegiately in the Bronx, a member of the Fordham Rams Athletic Hall of Fame, then gets drafted professionally by the Red Bulls. While we've had plenty of New York legends on this podcast, we really haven't had a literal New Yorker yet ryan mara however has had the rare honor of growing up here rooting for these teams and now playing for one Mara is the red bulls venerable goalkeeper a man who has played in 15 us open cup games a franchise record he's been part of three red bull supporter shields the honor of having the best regular season record in mls he's a homegrown mls super draft pick who's been with the organization a decade and recently inked an extension through 2024. Mara grew up in the Crestwood section of Yonkers in the 90s, a tortured Mets fan in an era of Yankees dominance. But he also adored the Red Bulls' original incarnation, the old Metro Stars, as well, who began play back in 96. The Maras, as a family, FDNY stock. Brave, heartfelt souls who have put their lives on the line for us New Yorkers Decades, And because of it, 9-11 shaped Ryan's life dramatically. That story, the chase for an elusive MLS Cup, and the life of an athlete blessed to play his entire career, so far in his hometown, it's Ryan Mara's New York accent. Ryan, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. My pleasure. Let's start at the beginning. You're from the Crestwood neighborhood of Yonkers, so not far outside of the city. You're growing up in the 90s. What is – what's your childhood like when you're when you're growing up in Crestwood?
1: Uh, it's great. You know, it was so nice. Uh, Yonkers, I feel, is a great spot to grow up, and, and Crestwood's a, such a good neighborhood within Yonkers. And, you know, being so close to the city, but, you know, being a little outside, you got a little more room to operate, and as a kid, um, you know, that's all you want, just room to run around and get in some trouble. And, unfortunately, I'm a Met fan, so growing up in the 90s, watching the Yankees win was tough. Uh, and it has been tough still since as a Mets fan, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I feel very fortunate to have grown up in, in in Yonkers and, uh, you know, it's a great place to grow up. I still live there to this day. I share your pain as a Mets fan. I'm a
0: little bit older than you, but yes, in high school, watching Yankees fans celebrate all of those world series championships Mm -hmm. was never easy. Now, you grow up in the 90s. The Red Bulls begin in 96 as the Metro Stars. Are you aware of
1: MLS as you were a kid? Are you aware of the Metro Stars, then the Red Bulls? Oh, yeah. I used to go to some uh, Metro Stars games at the old Giants Stadium uh, with my dad and my brothers. And it's so cool to see how far uh, not only the league has come since I was a kid, say, you know, I'm 32 now, so say 20 years ago, um, and just soccer in America in general has come because you couldn't really uh, find the games on TV. You had to really know when exactly they were going to be on. There was no real coverage. And to see, you know, now I'm in my 12th year here uh, with the Red Bulls to see how far it's come. And, uh, you know, we go to some stadiums. We get, you know, playing in front of 50, 60,000 in Atlanta and Charlotte, different places. So it's really cool to see the growth. And, you know, it's exciting what it will be, you know, say 10, 20 years from now. I assume you were a Tony Miola fan? Oh, yeah. Tony Miola, and then I remember more Tim Howard when I was really getting into it, Um, and then watching him go to Manchester United and Everton, and then with the national team. He was a guy I really looked up to and got the chance to play against uh, his last year here with uh, Colorado. American
0: soccer has always been a great place, a birthplace of great goalkeeping. Tim Howard is one of those guys, but Casey Keller go down the list I mean we, we've created a lot of great keepers before we we had any other type of soccer stars going across seas like your former teammate Tyler Adams what do you think it is about the American keeper that has translated so well overseas over the years
1: well I think it's just a natural tendency of every American kid you're gonna pick up a ball before you kick a ball that's just how we're raised and you know I, I think uh speaking for myself, it, it always came a little easier to me uh, because I had a background. I played basketball, baseball growing up. Those were kind of my two major sports uh, growing up. And then I played soccer like every other kid did. And uh, my coach just threw me in goal one day, I guess, because the goalie didn't show up or whatever. And it just stuck because I think I had that background in the other sports where you're using your hands more. So uh, I definitely think that's a huge reason why American keepers have had success. Uh, and it's great. It's put American soccer on the map uh, you know years ago when when we re- really didn't have that footprint in Europe. What do you remember about Old Giant Stadium and Metro
0: Stars games? What are the memories that you have driving to that huge gargantuan facility and watching some soccer?
1: Ah, uh, just the turf. It, even as a young kid, I remember thinking, man, that looks. It's got to hurt to land on that. I watched <laughs> the boys diving and landing. Oh, it looked, it looked brutal. So, luckily, that's come and gone. Um, but it was fun. We, you know, we tailgate, and, uh, you know, we get a good crew out there. I'll, I'll only probably go to a game or two a year. Um, but it was fun. I, I loved it, you know. And then to now be playing for the team, is, yeah, I still pinch myself sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's got to be wild. We'll get to that coming up here in a few minutes. But you have a really – impactful, formative moment when you're growing up and 9-11 happens. I mean, that, that affected everybody on a really personal level here. Your dad, Jack, has been a longtime firefighter in the Bronx. And on that day, as we all know, first responders were called to duty. What is that like that morning of, of 9-11? And you're in sixth grade and, and you go into school that
1: day, right? Yeah, we were in school and I remember like an hour into the day, uh, the principal came around to each classroom, um, and kids slowly started leaving school, and they wouldn't tell us why. I think because there was a lot of people from the neighborhood who worked down there, um, and kids had parents, aunts, and uncles uh, that were down there. And um, at first, we were excited; we everyone's leaving school. We're like, "This is amazing!" And then I remember getting to the front office, and my mom was there to pick me and my brothers up, uh, and she had tears in her eyes. Said there had been. An accident, you know. Planes hit the World Trade Center. Um, you know, obviously, we didn't know exactly in the moment what was really going on. Um, but I remember I had that sinking feeling in my stomach, just seeing my mom and seeing uh, how distraught she was. And she told me my dad was okay, and uh, my uncle, who was a, a fireman in, in Midtown, was okay. He was off that morning. His whole his whole firehouse got wiped out down there, and um, it was just a scary day. I think I was old enough you know i was 10 years old i was old enough to know something terrible was happening but i was too young to really understand it all you know a terrorist attack you know we grew up in america this these things don't happen here you know, that's that's what you think and so you know when something like that does happen of course uh, it's absolutely catastrophic and we knew a lot of people my dad probably knew 100 over 100 guys that have that died on that day and um So it's, it's scary. It's, it's hard to believe it's 20 plus years gone since then, you know, it it definitely is that morning, your dad's
0: company does not get sent down to the trade center. Correct. They knew that something really bad was, was going on early. And so they held your dad's company back in the Bronx.
1: Yeah. From my understanding, they held most of the companies, uh, from the Bronx back just because they needed some uh some companies kind of on standby we didn't know they didn't know what else was coming you know so many rumors that day There was more planes this and that so uh luckily they didn't go down there um i think my dad got down there either later that night or the next morning to help with the with the recovery um and then he was down there we didn't see him for he was four or five days then and it was kind of before cell phones really um and i remember he finally called the house and checked in and we were so happy to just hear his voice. And then he came home, you know, say a day or two later, finally. And I just remember going through the, him and my mom going through the list of names of, of people, uh, firemen that we knew that died or were missing at the time. Um, and it really just hit home then just how real it was. And, uh, you know, the amount of lives that that were lost. You had actual, dreams or or
0: beliefs that you you could have been a firefighter, you would have been a firefighter. Did 9-11 cause you to rethink that or did it make you want to do it even more? Passion, drive and patience. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring
1: home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply. Um, that's a good question. No, I never, it didn't really, I don't think impact me one way or the other. Uh, you know, as a kid, I grew up going to the firehouse and, um, you know, it was like a big playground for us going on the trucks and down the poles and this and that. And, and more so than anything, I think seeing the relationship and the bond that the guys have, um, you know, those guys that my dad worked with were superheroes to me and my brothers. They still are almost, you know, to this day and kind of larger than life characters. Um, just always kind of felt that my dad was going to be okay because, he had all these guys who were, you know, the biggest, strongest guys around protecting him. You know, so that's what he always told us when we were young. Don't don't worry about me. You know, think these guys would never let something happen to me. And I, I think just seeing that bond and how much my dad loves the job. He's still, he's 63. I think he's got 41 years on the job and he should have retired years ago, but he loves it. And he's still, he's still working. And, uh, I think he, he enjoys it now more than ever. So seeing Seeing that, I think most people are dying to retire. He's kind of dreading the day that he has to retire. I don't think there's many jobs <laughs> like that. Yeah, you
0: know, it says a lot. It says a lot about the camaraderie and the passion for the job that that your dad is so is so committed to it. How how is your dad on nine eleven when the anniversary rolls around every year?
1: Uh, yeah, they they always do a mass uh, in the Bronx at, at one of the firehouses there. Um, you know, I think it's as the years have gone on, it's still a solemn day. Uh, you know, but I think it's kind of, they try to celebrate the lives of the guys and everyone that was lost. Um, more so now, you know, uh, it's, it's never an easy day. Um, but you know, I I think, uh, they try to just come together and that's what they're so good at. They kind of pick up the pieces and, and, uh, and stick together in the toughest of moments and and the crazy thing is there's more guys dying every couple of weeks from from nine eleven related cancers. I feel like my dad's going to a funeral once twice a month to this day. so you know they're definitely still feeling the, the the after effects of it all still
0: the firefighters, the police officers, the first responders, everybody that that flew to help New Yorkers in that moment deserve a lifetime of adulation. it is. It's just—it's very poignant to be around here, and and in my town, we had a number of lives lost because of those towers coming down, and and the things that you're mentioning as well, still affecting those. So, it's—it's a powerful and impactful event. You are a New Yorker through and through. I mean, you grow up in Yonkers, you go to Fordham Prep, you attend Fordham University, you're drafted by the the Red Bulls, you played your entire career for the Red Bulls. So, what? How deep does? The, the DNA of being a New Yorker and your dad, a firefighter, your uncle, a firefighter, how, how deep is that DNA within you of being from New York?
1: Yeah, I love it. You know, I, for me, New York's the best place. You know, it's funny within the team, most got majority of guys, you know, from when they're say 16, 17, they go away to college or some of the foreign guys just start playing, uh, wherever and they bounce around their whole career, Um, and then when they're done playing, maybe they go home to where they grew up and, you know, with their families and start a life for me, it's the opposite. I've, I've never had to leave. Um, and, and as I've gotten older and I have a son now of my own, I, it's so amazing, uh, to be able to be so close to family and friends, you know, you can't put a price on that and, and having all my family and friends be able to come to so many games over the years, uh, just so many good memories, you know, um, and, and it'd be hard to leave. I'll tell you that. It'd be really hard to leave. You know, I, I would miss the pizza. That's for sure. <laughs> What's your favorite slice? Uh, I, So I was being at Fordham. We went to Pugsley's all the time, right off Fordham Road. And I mean, you couldn't go wrong down there on Arthur Avenue, but, oh, but that was best. that was the best.
0: Yeah. If I sat you down on Arthur Avenue, I said, okay, Ryan, I'm paying. Okay. You can eat as much as you want. There's no game day tomorrow. We're going to carbo load for the night or whatever.
1: Where, where, are we, where are we going and what are you eating? Oh, man, that's tough, man. Um, I'd say uh, Tino's uh, on Arthur Ave. got a nice chicken parm, some pasta, do it right. I love that. A little red wine if there's no game or practice, you know. Very nice, yes, of course. Of course, if there's no
0: game or practice. So yeah. you grow up a Mets fan and you're that close to the Bronx and then you attend college in the Bronx and that's a stone throw away from... From Yankee Stadium that must have been tough had to be a lot of Yankee fans taunting you in your life
1: yeah I mean the majority of kids from my neighborhood were, were Yankee fans so like I said growing up in those you know the dynasty years with Jeter and Torrey and all them uh it was really tough so uh I'm just dying for when the Mets eventually do win a World Series that parade will be something else <laughs> yeah that's gonna be the party to end all parties. When it finally
0: happens, I'm gonna tell you. I, I I mean, the party's gonna go on for like a full week. I would imagine. You know, people won't oh, yeah. sleep. They'll just be partying all night long, and it'll just roll one night into the next. I don't know if, if hopefully, it's gonna be October. So maybe early November, you might have a game. But we got to get. We got to make sure that you're part of the the festivities as well when it happens.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll find some time. We'll find some time. <laughs>
0: How is it to walk out into Red Bull Arena and play there? I mean, this is a top-notch facility, internationally renowned. It's a soccer-only facility, and it's just—it's spectacular, and and the grass is gorgeous, and the whole thing is just wonderful. What's what's that like to know? That's now in in part of the New York sports landscape.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. Um, you know, to come to this amazing stadium, we get to call this place home. I think we're a little spoiled. Because for me, uh, this is one of the best, if not the best, soccer stadium in, in the country. Um, so to be able to call this home, we're incredibly fortunate. We get an amazing group of fans that come and support us through thick and thin. Um, and each time you walk out, uh, you know, for warm ups or for the start of the game, you know, I at least, as I've gotten a little older, I try to take it all in a little more. And you know, I get to live my dream, kick a ball for a living. It, it's hard to beat that and do it in front of. Uh, my family and friends, uh, in a market like New York where it doesn't get better than that. So, yeah, we're lucky, man. And we yeah, we just – the next step is to bring a title here. And, you know, we think, uh, we, think we, we can do it. You know, it takes a lot of work. And, uh, you know, we got to turn things around right now the way our season is going. But we're confident we got the guys that could do it. The fans have always
0: been amazing. But there is that New York angst of when's the championship going to happen – the Red Bulls have had some great teams, had some amazing regular seasons, have some some deep runs in the playoffs, but it's never been a title. How hard is that for you growing up as a fan of the organization to to know that those fans are still dying and there's been come so close but not quite have won the whole thing yet.
1: Yeah, listen, like I I'm a New York sports fan myself. I know how critical and tough I am on the teams that I root for and the guys on those teams. So yeah, listen, it's, it's not fun to, uh, when the fans are giving you a hard time, but like I always say, I'd always rather that that means they care, you know, if, if they show no reaction, win or loss, like they're probably not that into it. And, uh, and our fans, they definitely care because they let us know when we're struggling. Like, you know, right now we're going through a tough, tough, uh, stretch and, but that's New York for you. You know, I don't think there's a better place to win. You look at guys on other teams who have won here in New York and other sports, and they're legends forever. So, um, listen, it's a tough place to lose, but it's the best place to win. That's how I look at it. It's a great way to put it. And,
0: you know, that intensity, it means everything matters just a little bit more. So how do, how do your teammates handle coming into the New York market and trying to navigate – traffic or the size of the city or the intensity of fans and things like that is have you noticed that it's a little bit hard for some of the guys to to totally
1: immerse themselves in it i think the traffic's a big one you know we (laughs) got uh, i think it's like a hundred bucks if you're if you're late to to training or a meeting or whatever so the fine pot we put it towards the end of the year party the fine pot grows every year with with more and more new guys (laughs) that show up uh, not used to it but i think other than that we we do uh, try to do a good job of just keeping the noise on the outside. You know, controlling what we can control within the locker room, within our walls, um, because that it, it can only distract you. The noise, whether it's good or bad, you know, it's just as uh, detrimental. I think to listen when things are going well and everyone wants to anoint you as the best thing ever, the best team ever. I think that can hurt you just as much as listening to the negative stuff. So through the course of the season. We always try and preach just you know, try and cancel out any any outside noise. Let's focus on what we need to focus on and and uh, you know it's it's like the boring cliche answer, but take it one day and one game at a time. Soccer fans know
0: how beautiful that uh, that stadium is that facility. If you haven't been to a Red Bulls game, I highly encourage you to do so because it's just a great sports experience. It's a great New York experience. And again, the facility, the sight lines are amazing. The facility is great. I just love it over there. Ryan Mira is a lifetime New Yorker, and he's a member of the New York Red Bulls, and he's been there his entire career more than a decade, and has spent some time with us here on New York Accent, the audio version of the podcast available all places that you get your podcasts, the video version available on YouTube under the WFAN channel. Ryan, this was a lot of fun, man. Thanks so much. Good luck the rest of the season. Awesome! Great talking, and thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Ryan Mara for dropping on by the New York Accent Podcast, and thanks to the Red Bulls for helping us organize that. They've always been a class organization. I've had the familiarity with working with them on a couple of projects and knowing some of the front office people there, and they're always just top notch class act. So I appreciate that very much. And you got to love a native New Yorker that plays in New York, dropping by the appropriately named. New York accent. All right, where we usually have emails submitted from listeners of the podcast, today we'll do things a little differently this week because last week my wife and I welcomed in our first child. So we had such a, a wonderfully blessed week and it's been a, a total spinning of the head. We can't even barely figure out what just happened, but it's all good. It's all wonderful. It's been just an amazing experience despite the complete lack of sleep here. These are basically the the 12 minutes I have outside of feeding and sleeping. The the short stints that I can and <laughs> changing him and watching over the house and taking care of my wife, etc. So you got me for this small slice of, of time right here. But to announce it on my show, I had kept this close to the vest through the entire pregnancy. And to announce it on the show last week... I enlisted a friend of mine, uh, somebody that I consider a role model as well, somebody I consider one of the great play-by-play voices in the game today, a New Yorker, and one of the voices of New York, Ian Eagle. And Ian's been the radio play-by-play voice of the New York Jets. He has been the longtime voice of the New Jersey Nets and now Brooklyn Nets on the Yes Network. And, of course, he does all types of National stuff for CBS and Turner. So I asked Ian if I could get a little favor out of him and and he could tell the audience about my big week. So I want to play for you a snippet from my show, the weekday morning show on CBS Sports Radio, the DA show. Ian, take it away as only you can. Welcome back to the baby races here at Venerable Smoothie King Center. This is Ian Eagle. Before the quarterfinals, we've got breaking news. It looks like the league is already scouting a new prospect. Damon Amendolara of CBS Sports Radio has kept this under wraps until now, but we have got the scoop. His firstborn was delivered on Tuesday. The name? A.J. Amendolara, who scouts are saying, has all of his mother's resiliency and focus and none of his dad's shakiness in big spots. Hey Dad, more support under the head and neck area when you hold him. AJ Amendo. Book it. Now, let's get back to the baby races. Stunned to a news! DA is not at Wrigley Field for Mets Cubs. Not saving the A's. He's
1: not having
0: burned days to burn. DA is a father? DA joins us now on the DA show. Wow, I am pronouncing baby Amendo here is, is one of those things you never forget. As I like stand outside the hospital and listen to the voice of March Madness and the baby races, and now my firstborn. Yes, it was amazing, guys, to see how many of our listeners just assumed I was screwing around middle of the week uh, in day. Oh, it's a summer Tuesday day? It's a summer Wednesday day? What are you doing, D.A.? Oh, he's just screwing off. No, 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 something a little bit more important. And now I have amazing respect for you guys. This is a really tough job. I can't believe you guys have done this twice. You haven't seen a Friday yet. Hang tight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so great. That was so great. When A.J. Amendo grows up, he's going to have the voice of the Nets and the voice of March Madness and one of the voices of the NFL on CBS. A million big games have announced his his birth announcement on the air. I mean, how, how great is that? That's bragging rights for AJ's and not that's gotta be bragging rights. So that was, that was so cool. And, you know, being in the hospital for a couple of days, it just reminded me that there's such a tight sports equivalent, and that is the importance of home field advantage, you know, because when you're in the hospital, the nurses that we had were amazing, and the the, the labor and delivery unit was just top notch. We couldn't have asked for anything more than that. But you know, you're in a little hospital room. You've got the doctors coming in and out, the nurses coming in and out. Everything's beeping and dinging, and you know, you you just can't even get your you can't even get your sea legs under you. The baby's crying. You're trying to feed him. You're trying to figure this out. This is our first child, so we're it's all new to us, and you just get no sleep, and you have none of the creature comforts of home, and so you're you're just trying to like stay somehow in in some type of level of sanity, and it really is like going on the road, and the chaos of the crowd is completely disruptive. You know, you just you're not sleeping in your own bed. It's travel. It's a different time zone you might be fatigued. Maybe you're playing at altitude in Denver. You know, the crowd is, is crazy. It's just impossible to like think. And then you get home and here are all of the things that you need for success. You're sleeping in your own bed. You have your couches. You have more room to spread around. You know, you have your TV. You have your clothes. You have your bathroom. You can take showers. You have the incredible entire arsenal of things that you've gotten for your baby beforehand or from the registry as gifts would have you. So, you know, you're not kind of like having to reuse the same three burp rags from, at the hotel, at the hospital. You know, it's just, it's completely different. It's the home field advantage. Then suddenly everything starts becoming way easier when you play at home. And also a natural sports connection. When you have a child and there's a newborn and an infant, is simply trying to string together drives. You know, when he first came out, we're just everything's getting blown up in the in the backfield. Your your best laid plans—it's like no chance. It's LT Reggie White, Aaron Donald, Von Miller are all just like coming at you in waves. It's basically like playing the 2000 Ravens defense. There's just there's no room. For error, you know, they're just gasping for air. You're just swarmed at every play. You just you can't get any momentum. And then as you start to just like get out from those first couple of days, it's about stringing together positive plays. You just don't want things big sacks, fumbles, pick sixes. You know, you just, you don't, you you were just looking to play field position. So, you go three and out, that's fine. You punt it away, and now you've got a long, long field to defend. And then if you get the ball back, you know, three days in, four days in, suddenly you have like a positive play. Oh, okay. You know what? He slept an hour and a half. Great. Didn't cry. Oh, you know what? That 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 feeding schedule worked. Oh, that we we got we got three hours of sleep here. This is amazing. Okay, you take them, then I take them. Okay, now we're interchanging shifts. And now we're in some type of rhythm. You're just simply looking for little wins. You pick up a first down on third and six. Okay, we got a fresh set of downs. Oh, we've made it past midfield. Maybe we've got a scoring opportunity. You're again. You're just looking for positive plays. And when it when you just when it comes when the birthing happens and you're handed this brand new human being. It's just the defense is crushing you. you. You know, you're just, you're like, whoa, my head is on a swivel. You're just a rookie quarterback playing against, you know, the 85 Bears. And there's just no way to come up for air. So through this whole process for the last week, it has just been, I have consistently been thinking about the sports equivalence of having a newborn and especially as your first child. And these are the things that, that simply came to mind. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of New York Accent. Uh, I am off my show for paternity leave for the next week, and I'm off of my weekend show on WFAN as well. So I will not see you on the radio over the next seven days, but I'll be back coming up uh, on June the 6th, Tuesday, June the 6th is when I come back to the airwaves for CBS Sports Radio and then afterwards for WFAM. So thanks to executive producer Bryce Gelman, as always, and you can follow me on Twitter at DA on CBS on Twitter or on Instagram. My DMs are always open. I will admit I've been very bad about getting back to anybody on text and on DMs over the last week for reasons that were just explained. But fear not, I will absolutely read all of them that come in over the next week because, hey, I got a lot of late nights that are watching Netflix and watching the baby and trying to feed him at three in the morning and that's a good time for me to go through some DMs and and tweets and emails. You can always email us, as I mentioned before, at nyaccentpod at gmail.com. That's nyaccentpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. All of that helps other people find the podcast. We have been thrilled to bring this to you and got some great feedback on it as well. So it's our pleasure to deliver this every Tuesday morning. Until next time, this is New York Accent. I'm DA Damon Amendolara, and this is an Odyssey Original
1: Series.